Everybody, this is Brother Frank, and glad to be here with you tonight. Um, I'm sorry for getting on a little late. It was my mother's birthday, um, and I needed to celebrate that with her uh, earlier this evening. And praise God for a mom who was always there and stuck with me through the hard times. And I just thank the Lord for my mom, and um, what a blessing. And uh, for my dad and my whole family. I mean, um, step parents. I've just, uh, I've just. Through all the craziness growing up, uh, I appreciate everything God did to watch out. No matter how hard the times got, he always took care of us. And folks, I want to encourage you tonight that we are in tough times and it will get worse. But that doesn't mean God will stop taking care of us. That doesn't mean that God will stop loving us. That means that we are now going to have an opportunity to show God's love. We are going to have an opportunity to succeed, not to fail, because it seems like sometimes every time we try to step out or do something maybe, or we we try to, uh, whatever it might be, we seem like we fail and sometimes we get beaten down and Lord, I can't, I can't do this. Folks, listen, God has been training, preparing, and we will use us in these last days if we are willing. And um, I want to share something with you tonight. I think it's very important. Let's pray. Father, Thank you in the name above every name, Jesus, Yeshua. I ask, Lord, tonight that you would guide this program to be to your honor and glory. Lord, that the seriousness of the hour would burn so deeply, Lord, that it would drive people to their knees. Lord, I pray that you would guide the things that I say to your honor and glory in you alone is my prayer in Yeshua's name. Amen. I want to share with you something. I had had the opportunity this past week um, to go up to Sight and Sound. It had been a trip that we had been planning uh, with a bunch of people for quite a while and um, got a day off work. Uh, Well, when you run a company, you never have off work hardly, it seems like. But uh, we went up there and um, we went to see the story of David. And... It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Cried several times, um, just because I'm a, a marine, and doesn't mean I still don't get don't cry. And I, I do. I get humbled so often when I see the power of the Word of God. And what struck me though, and really was just a reminder, was the rejection in the days of Samuel as God as the king over Israel. And the problem really, Samuel was just the culmination of what had been happening for quite a while. This had been going on, and it ended up in the rejection of God as being the king and the desire to be like the world. And boy, did it cost Israel deeply. Now, God was merciful with King David. And, um, but, you know, after King David came in and, and then Solomon and, and, you know, it went right, it just fell completely apart. And, uh, you can see how quickly things change when God himself is not the one in control. But I want to look at something real quick because the story is really told in the book of Judges 
of what led to this corporate rejection. Judges chapter 17, and I love the book of Judges. It's one of the most exciting books in the entire Bible to read. I call it, it's like the WWE or uh, Worldwide Wrestling right, of the Old Testament. Uh, it's just, it's a free for all. Uh, it doesn't matter. And uh, the book of Judges is just so extreme, and uh, it's exciting and wild. But there is a reason behind all the craziness that happened in the book of Judges. And it's right here is just one example. It's repeated a few times throughout the book. Judges chapter 17, starting in verse 1. And there was a man of Mount Ephraim whose name was Micah. And he said unto his mother, the 1100 shekels of silver that were taken from thee about which thou cursest and spake of also in my ears, behold, the silver is with me. I took it and his mother said, blessed be thou of the Lord, my son. Now here, this verse starts out very interesting. At first, it doesn't make sense. This story, why would she be cursing what had been uh, taken and now all of a sudden she's saying, blessed be thou of the Lord, talking about Yahweh, my son. And if you read the next verse, it seems as if he restored it back to her and what he had taken. And, and when verse three, it says this, and when he had restored the 1100 shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord. Pause right there. This is very interesting because it seems like, with all good intentions, this woman was very upset because this silver was dedicated unto Yahweh, okay? Not just any old generic name for the Lord, but she's actually calling him by name, all capital L-O-R-D in the Old Testament. That's the Tetragrammaton. She's calling him and saying this had been dedicated to him. I can understand. I'd be upset too if you had, if I had dedicated something unto the Lord and someone had taken it from me. Now he's restoring it. She's happy about that. Continuing on, uh, dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my hand for my son to make a graven image and a molten image. Now, wherefore I will restore it unto thee. So here's where. Okay, now it's getting crazy. She's calling this holy silver that she had dedicated because her reason for dedicating it was that her son could have a graven image unto Yahweh. This is absolutely against the very commandments of God. We know we don't make any graven images, but she wanted to have this turned in to a molten image, a graven image so that, that somehow that could bless him. This is the twistedness that's going on in the book of Judges, continuing on. Yet he restored the money unto his mother, and his mother took 200 shekels of silver and gave them to the founder, who made thereof a graven image and a molten image, and they were in the house of Micah. And the man Micah had a house of gods and made an ephod and a teraphim and consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. So here Micah not only has this molten image that is they're calling Yahweh the Lord, right? He also has a house of gods, right? And it says here that he creates an ephod and a teraphim. An ephod's a breastplate and a teraphim, that, that's a little like a house god, like a little molten image. 
and he consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. So here we've breaking so many commandments. This is completely out of control to the point where he's now making his son a priest, which is only reserved for the tribe of Aaron to be in the priesthood. And this is not for just anybody to do. It's only for Aaron. But here he's making all these things up and they're being called of God. I am worried right now that people are doing the same thing in the so-called watchman crowd today. That there is so much deception, so many lies, so many personal beliefs, so much confusion that people have made their own pocket gods, their own home gods, and they have set them up for worship and everybody's telling you how you should be doing things instead of doing the things that God wants us to do in this hour. Now, here's the kicker. This is the problem that's going on in the book of Judges that leads to the rejection of God and Samuel. Listen to what it says in verse 6. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Now, wait a second. Hold on. There was a king. The Lord was their king, right? But every man did that which was right in his own eyes. The problem that God's people had was they were doing everything that was right in their eyes instead of what the Lord wanted them to do. Instead of preparing for things like God asked them to do, instead of following the ways that God asked them to follow, they were doing that which was right in their own eyes. And that's how you can truly begin to understand what in the world was going on with all the craziness in the book of Judges. And it was because everybody was simply leading themselves in their own eyes to do that which they believed was right, regardless of what the word of God said and how to prepare. Folks, people are doing the same thing. They not want to pray. They don't want to seek the Lord. They don't want to prepare in this hour because everybody thinks they're just going to fly away in a moment's notice and they're not going to have to endure any tribulation because even though we're living in the time of the most apostate, backslidden, corrupt history and the Lord said he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle and they're saying no you know what I'm just gonna fly on out of here and I don't have to worry about the a thing so what if the people are suffering in North Korea and China and Arabia for the for the name of God and those churches it doesn't matter here in America where the backslidden church is we're just gonna fly on out of here and be gone in a minute and we don't have to worry about anything folks I'm telling you right now that is one dangerous dangerous way to live. One absolutely insane way to live. The Lord was very clear on what we are to do in the last days. It's in the book of Joel. He tells you as he sees the things that are coming, God gives the exact instructions what to do. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord cometh for it is nigh at hand. So the, the, here's the, the book of Joel not only is it an end-time book, it was also a, a book that had prophecy for that time, okay? But this particular section in Joel chapter 2, 
It's prefaced with being in the very end of time because it says it's the day of the Lord. That is a very specific time in the Bible that happens at the end. And he says, when you see this happening, you need to sound the trumpet when you see all these things coming to pass, you know, just like in the book of, of Matthew, it talks about when you shall see all these things and not just the wars or rumors of wars, not just the false prophet or the, the false messiahs, but when you shall see them all happening. And, and you remember, I've talked about this before and the, in uh, Matthew, it starts out with hearing when you shall hear, but it ends up with when you shall see, because they didn't have the technology back then to see all those things at once. You had to wait till somebody traveled from a far land to bring you word that had been a war and all these things. Now we can see all of them happening at the same time. And we need to understand that this is the hour that God talked about. He gives specific instructions what we as leaders are supposed to do. And listen, as a New Testament believer, we're all priests now. When we talked about earlier about uh, Micah trying to consecrate his own children, they were only of the priest of Aaron. Only only Aaron had the priesthood, but we as New Testament believers, uh, and and, uh, trust me, I'm not doing away with the Old Testament. It's all one book to me. But we have all been given this part of spreading uh, of the good news, being priests in the Messiah so that we can share this and, and do our priestly duties of ministering in these last days. But here's what the Lord says to do. Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garment and turn unto the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great kindness and repenteth him of the evil who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave, excuse me, a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck at the breasts. Let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Listen to this next part. Let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and Grieve not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. See, God gives specific instructions as we see the day of the Lord approaching on what we are supposed to do. But the problem is when you, the Lord is not the God and king of your life, we end up turning to another king, one that is earthly, some pastor in a church that is a worldly, some end time supposed prophet that's out here trying to tell, uh, you know, how all these things are going to happen and how they're going to lay out. Listen, folks, I, let me say something here. Just because somebody speaks something that comes to pass doesn't mean they're from the Lord. Hear me again on that. Just because somebody speaks something that comes to pass doesn't mean they are from the Lord. Now, there is a program I did back in 2017, Unholy Days Part 2, and I go into the actual tests of a biblical prophet, how to tell a biblical prophet, 
But the Bible is very clear that there are actually those who can speak a word that comes to pass that is still not from the Lord. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 13. Now, a quick little thing is it says if they speak against the law and the testimony, then you know that there's no light in them. That's a real easy thing. If they start speaking and contradicting the very word of God, then you need to get away from them. But this is interesting here. Listen to what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 13. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and give it the sign or a wonder and the sign or the wonder come to pass, wherefore he spake unto thee saying, let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known and let us serve them. Now you might be saying, wait a second, I I would know a false prophet because they would be telling us, hey, uh, this came to pass, but we need to go serve Baal or Satan or some other person. No, wait, 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 that other false God that they could be telling you about might be, why don't we go serve the God of I'm going to lay up enough gold to deliver me? Why don't we go save the God if I'm going to lay up enough silver to deliver me? Now, folks, I'm not against gold and silver. I'm not against preparations. I think those are great things. But if they are for your deliverance, look out. And I know too many people who are trying to sell the people of God nothing but goods, and they are making a killing at it right now. And people are suffering and struggling out there when the truth is they need to be feeding them with some spiritual meat. Now, listen, please do some preparations. It's a great thing, but it is not and never will be your deliverance. Three days out of Egypt, they left the Egyptians spoiled and they were crying to head back. They were crying out because it didn't matter how much provision you had. If the Lord is not guiding you and carrying you through, then you better look out. Now listen to what else it says right after this. Thou shalt not hearken unto the word of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. God is looking sometimes to wonder, are you just going to run after the next little quick prophecy? Are you always looking for some other word right now to try to go follow? Are you going to actually follow the very word of God and what he tells you to do? That's what we're running into right now in this hour. You see, we're facing the biggest trial in American history right now about people back in when we had the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962, right? People don't understand. We were literally like within inches of nuclear war. It was terrible. And everybody around here, even I've been up here, the radio stations, you know, um, there's a house not far up there. They had underground, they had bunkers in their home. And people prepared for war, nuclear war, because the threat was so real then. And they knew it. And it was common that they had to build bomb shelters and radio stations. They People did them. They stored away food. Listen, you go to anybody. My, my wife's um, grandfather passed away a couple of years ago at 101, I think, years old or two, or something like that. And they and his grandma, they always had a storehouse in their home and they were loaded with money they were super rich and they always had a storehouse because they he had been through the great depression and he was knew what could happen in a moment's notice and even though he had all the riches in this world he was a very giving man he always had a storehouse because he understood that the threat was always there and you needed to be prepared Back then, they knew the threat was real, 
and they needed to be prepared. I'm trying to tell you right now, folks, the threat is extremely real right now. It is so real. I don't know what else to tell you about right now in this hour. We are living in some precarious times. We're living in a dangerous times. We're living in a moment's notice. You could go to bed the next morning. You could wake up and I'll tell you what, the world could be changed forever. It's already changed forever. It's so vile, so disgusting, so corrupt, so backslidden, so everything out there. It's already, but I'm telling you, we don't know what tomorrow brings, except we do know this. Jesus is coming again. But there will be hardships before. But the Lord said, Father, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, right? But he said that you keep them from the evil, meaning God was going to take us. Jesus prayed that prayer. Take us through to the very end. But he gave us specific instructions what we are to do in this hour. We must stop, stop, stop listening to to madness out there and constantly hearing some of these crazy end time programs. Listen, I'm all about people and I really praise God for people that are out there sounding the warning. But you know what? God's people are not a money-making factory, okay? And I'm sorry, I reject that stuff. I reject just writing a book every five days and trying to sell. Listen, I think there's wonderful books out there. And you know I've loved Brother Benjamin's books and the Lord used the book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand to Get All of Me. I will forever thank the Lord for that. But there are ministries that there's a brand new book every five minutes. And every time you listen to the program, there's seems like a thousand commercial minutes, more commercial time almost than program of trying to constantly sell you, sell you, sell you. And you need to buy this. You need to buy. Folks, listen, do what God asked you to do first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all things shall be added unto you. We've got to start following what the Lord says because it's, I just don't know what else to say. It's so bad. It is so intense right now. God is taught. Listen, listen to what he says in second Timothy chapter four, verse one. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering doctrine, for the time will come when they will no longer endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. God, the first thing he starts off there, it's interesting in that, he says, preach the word. We still have a great commission. Our job has not changed. We are to preach the word, whether it's sharing with somebody, praying for somebody. However, we are to share the good news. Jesus is coming again. There is no reason we should not be in this hour taking advantage of the crisis that's going on to share hope with people that Jesus is coming again, using this crisis for a good thing, and that's turning people back to the Lord. Because see, we're stubborn and stiff-necked, and sometimes it takes crisis to wake people up. And God's wondering, is there anybody out there 
that in this hour can rise up and actually share with people when they're trembling, when they're worried, when they don't know what tomorrow will bring, that, hey, you know what? There's a God. There is a Savior, and he's got a plan, and he could take care of you, and he will help you through this, and he promised to never leave you or forsake you. I'll tell you what, in this hour, that's the best news I could ever hear, that Jesus has a plan for us, and he certainly does. We must preach the word. Because what's happening, Paul's talking about people who know the truth, but then turn their ears to fables. This is like the church, okay? They knew the truth. They understood the truth. They've been praying for the truth. And now when the truth comes, they don't want to believe it. They would rather believe a fable, a quick way out. I'll just disappear. I'll fly away. So what if I'm just filled full of backsliddenness and we're just living like the devil and doing everything and the churches are living in apostasy? We're in America. We teach that we're just going to fly out of here. No problem. As so what? That's the way. That's my fire insurance. That's the way I'm getting out of here. That is so unbiblical. That is so not right way to live. And it's a disgrace to the living God to treat your salvation like that. When the truth is that God asks us to take precautions in this last hour to do something about it. Proverbs 27, 12, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Listen, we see the evil. We need to hide ourselves under his wings. We need to hide ourselves in the Lord. We need to hide himself in the safety of his protection in this hour and quit worrying or thinking about somebody's got another quick little word of prophecy that's going to deliver us when the truth is the true prophet, the Lord Jesus has been speaking to us all along in his word. Now, are there true prophets? Absolutely, 100% yes. But you have to remember, this is also the age of total false lies, hypocrisy, absolute total deception. It is the worst time. And the reason it's the worst time is because the devil's a counterfeiter, right? If God's going to do the greatest miracles in the end of time, if he saved the best wine for last, if we're going to do greater works than Jesus, then what's the devil going to do? He's going to counter it, right? So the devil's going to counter it with more false prophets, more false teaching, more false end-time watchmen, more false this, more false that, so that we get so confused that when it actually the truth comes, we don't even recognize it anymore instead of just saying, you know what? I'm done. I've said it a million times before, and I appreciate and thank you and love you all that are part of the Remnant Call program. We are family, okay? We are. Th- this, is a, this is a church here. Here, an ecclesia, right? An ecclesia. It, this is the gathering of the called out as we meet even when we're here on the radio, right? But uh, now I'm not saying, please don't, I'm not a church like that. But you see what I'm saying? It's about, it's not about the building that we have. It's the one we gather together to worship. That's what makes us a body and Messiah. And so here we are as believers in this last day. And I would rather you shut off this program and take time with the Lord than to just continue to wait for hopefully somebody will give you the magic 
prayer, the magic potion, the, the prayer of Jabez, right? We just got to pray the prayer of Jabez. You all remember that. Uh, maybe some of you don't, but you know, it's always like this, you know, some like little incantation we can do, you know, or, or get our little pocket gods, you know, well, I've got my little, you know, survival kit here that, and listen, I, like I said, I'm not knocking all that stuff. I'm just saying that there is only one who can and will deliver. That is Jesus Christ. Folks, this is such an hour that I just can't say it any more than I've already said it. We need to prepare. We need to believe that God will do what he said he's going to do in his word. And when we believe and follow, doesn't mean we're perfect, but it gives God the opportunity to finally do with us what he's been wanting to do our entire lives. And that's turn us in to disciple making followers of Jesus Christ that are ready to work in the darkest hours of this earth's history. It's not about working for salvation, but listen, folks, we have work to do. We must share the good news. Jesus is coming again. Folks, listen, I know we want to, sh- we, we get people that they just want to argue. Listen, sometimes you just need to dust the, knock the dust off your sandals and move on. Go on down the road. You can't sit there and waste all your energy on family or time if they just won't hear it. I know it hurts you. Find a way to cope and, and, and to, to at least get along if you can. But if not, then you know what? You have to move on at times. Um, but God is calling us to peace. Now, listen, in a marriage, there's a whole different set of rules for that, but I'm talking about in general, you know, there are people that just don't want to hear it's okay. Maybe you planted a seed you don't know about. Someone else can come along and water it, but God ultimately has to give the increase, but we have a duty in this hour and that's to preach the gospel to fast, to pray, the solemn assemblies, all those things God says in the book of Joel, what we are to do as we see the day of the Lord approaching. And folks, it's coming. And we know that before it gets here, all hell will break loose. It's already beginning to break loose to where the children in this country don't even know what gender they are anymore. That's so sick and so disgusting But you know what? God is coming to set this right. Folks, we got to hold on a little bit longer. Is things going to be all over one day? And I know you feel like you're suffering. But listen, we're rounding third, okay? And this is the home stretch. Don't give up now. Your God's not going to give up on you. All these things you've been going through are going to prepare you for such a time as this. God will use you if you're willing to to let him. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night, shalom, keep looking up because not too much longer, he is coming back. Trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion.